Morning all, it is Monday, it's March 4, this is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio, I'm Radio Tab, a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening, Loz will be back on Wednesday as he makes the trip back from Vegas, we're underway, season 2024, Manly 36, the Bunnies 24, and the Roosters, 20 to 10 over the grand finalists, the Brisbane Broncos, 40,746 were there at Allegiant Stadium. It was great viewing. The atmosphere really felt like it came across on the TV. We're underway. The Aussies won the cricket. The AFL starts this week. It is all happening. And uh, great to have Adam Pengilly with us. And of course, Pup. How are you, Pup? Morning, boys. Uh, I'm well, thank you. I'm off to an absolute flyer with my tips in the rugby league in the NRL. You did the Roosters two. as well, did you? Oh, no, none from two. I'm none from right, two. Okay. I went, the, uh, <laughs> went the Rabbits and the Bronx, so nothing changes uh, over a 12-month period. I'm still hopeless. Love the footy. Um, congratulations to the NRL. What a huge success. Um, I, I know we a lot of eyes were on how many people were going to, to turn up to the game. But I just think the whole event was done exceptionally well. Um, obviously, first game of the season as well. I, I'd, I'd missed the footy. I'm ready for footy to be back on the TV. So uh, it came at a great time. Uh, and well done to the Aussies as well, beating New Zealand over there in a in a pretty good test match. New Zealand, I guess, starting that last day were... Um, they're going to have to play out of their skins to to chase those runs in their second innings with this, the Australian attack and the ball spinning and bouncing in Nathan Lyon, as I thought before that test match. If there's any sort of spin and bounce in the tracks over there, he's going to separate the two teams. He's going to be the difference. But yeah, a uh, a good test victory. Another good test victory. And a week back from Manchester, Adam Pegulli. Good morning to you, mate. Great M- to have you in. Morning, Mino. Morning, Clarky. Morning, everyone. Uh, just echo Clarky's thoughts. Love the footy yesterday. Although I went two from two, Mino. I tipped Manly and the Roosters went for two upsets, and um, but it's a long season, Clarky. There's a lot. There's a lot of games to go. Oh, so, oh no, I generally start how I finish. <laughs> <laughs> My tipping was very, very ordinary last year, so I need to try and turn it around. But you got to say, well done to the NRL, Mido. Yes. That was a, a great first venture into Vegas. It could be nothing but class of success after the first year. I thought the forty thousand on TV came through really well yeah. on our screens back home in Australia here. And no doubt, hopefully next year they can build on that and maybe get forty-five or fifty thousand. Mm. So, a big box tick for the first uh, foray over to the United States, and let's just hope they can keep building on it year on year because that's going to be the crucial thing. They need to try and monetize it now and mm. make sure they can get some money back into the game rather than obviously in, um, getting a, a small loss on this year's venture. And just for I guess a lot of people sitting at home yesterday, there would have been a bit of the FOMO factor involved. Yeah, people definitely. going when our for team, sure. particularly yeah. you know fans going when our team's going, we're going. Yes. Yeah, how many husbands said that to their wives yesterday? <laughs> how many wives said it to their husbands? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I reckon there would have been a lot of FOMO mm. as well, even for people that were 50-50 or, um, you know, if you had a mate. Like, we obviously have losses over there, so I've been speaking to him. And as we heard last week on radio, everything about just being in Vegas in the lead-up um, – he said it felt like something he's never experienced before in his career, whether that be as a player or broadcaster. So that's a massive call. And then listening to all the commentary uh, before kickoff, you could, you could actually hear the emotion. Or like listen mm. to Gordon Tallis talk, or um, you know some of the other guys, boys that were on uh, Braith and Astor on Fox. They, they were quite emotional about. It. I think I think from a anyone that's been involved in rugby league, 
you take a part of that and feel that success and you feel a part of it as well. Mm. So I thought it was brilliant. I thought they – so many doubters, you know, before it all happened. Uh, and, Understandably. Though. And fair – yeah, because it's something that's – it's so different. It's a massive risk, huge risk. But, uh, yeah, I thought every single part of it was done brilliantly. And, and again, the shop front window, the actual football was awesome. Mm. Well, we had four quality teams over there, and you know there were two intriguing contests. Uh, the Manly South game, a lot of points scored, thirty six twenty four, twenty to ten. The Roosters and the Bronx, you know that game was in the balance uh, after Reese Walsh scored that try in the second half, and then it was James Tedesco putting Victor Radley over late that sealed it. James Tedesco was outstanding yesterday, Adam. How good, Mido. He he played like he had a point to prove, didn't he, really? really like, did. There's so much talk over the off-season, particularly with a new Origin coach coming in, Michael Maguire. Will he keep his spot for State of Origin 1 this year? Well, on that evidence there we saw yesterday, it's it's hard to say. No, yes, we've still got a long way to go, obviously, until we choose those teams in a couple of months' time. But he just looked like he was a bit more refreshed and, and back mm. to his usual self, I, I thought, Teddy. And... Joey Manu, like, what a loss he's going to be for the NRL when he leaves at the end of this year. Like, his performance was phenomenal there. On a limited preparation as well, don't forget. Like, I just... Trent Robinson made some comments after the game saying that if his partner had had the baby one day later... He wouldn't have come. He wasn't coming. Mm. He was staying at home in Australia. So, I bet he's pretty glad that that baby arrived when it did because... Um, he oh, was, I bet the Roosters are pretty yeah, bad. Well, <laughs> he, he was almost a difference, wasn't he there, Clarkie? That, that flick pass was phenomenal. And I know there's some question marks about whether it went forward or not, but just the skill was just outrageous. And we're going to wait and see which teams go to Vegas next year, Mido. How many teams are you going to put in there? How many clubs are putting up their hands oh, to, to go now. to Vegas now? Again, the fear of missing out. They want to cash in. And, and next year will be bigger. Surely. It has to be, yeah. Surely. Like I said, the amount of people who watched that yesterday and just went, we're going. We are going. Simple as that. And uh, clubs will be in the same boat. Well, they would have w- looked at that going, let's go. Let's cash in now. I think the NRL wants to make a call very, very quickly, like within the next month or two, okay. to try and give people the chance to book their tickets Great in advance. Idea. They and should, save up yeah. the money. Yeah. yeah. So, like if I'm a betting man, and obviously I am, I'm saying that Penrith will be a very wow. good chance of going next year, given what's going on with their home ground in 2025 and the three-time defending premiers. Oh, they'll be going. You'd think they're going as a, as a home team. Yeah. I'd imagine Melbourne would be very close to going as well mm. because they were part of the, the crew that put up their hand for this year and, and didn't get it. And then the other two teams, who knows? Maybe the Raiders with that connection with the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see. But there are going to be a lot of clubs keen to go next year. No doubt about that. And uh, I mentioned James Tedesco setting up the ceiling try in the Roosters-Brisbane game. And what about the sealer in the Manly Souths game or at least a try at the end? Uh, Luke Brooks who mostly played very, very well yesterday. There was that pass over the sideline. I'd argue the winger was actually a bit sleepy-looky. Jackson Palo. Yeah, yeah. I did see that play, Mido. I think he was hanging back a bit because Turbo was coming around the back and he might Mm. have thought the ball was going to Turbo first. But you're right. I don't think he was quite ready for what Luke Brooks was was offering. But he just seemed like the weight of the world was off his shoulders mm. yesterday, didn't it? Like, it just, he was running the ball, which is what you want to see Luke Brooks do. He's, he's not a great... Well, he's not an elite organising halfback, let's put it that way. And playing in that team with Daly Cherry Evans and Turbo and whatever else, they, he just looked like he was a free man again yesterday. And there was a couple of times they combined. I don't know if you noticed it, Mido. It was Cherry Evans to Brooks, inside ball to Trebojevic. And I thought, mm. oh, this combination's yeah. got some real potential this <laughs> they year. They stay fit. Look yeah. out. Yeah, uh, they could be a team this year. They were everyone. Oh, feels like every second person's bolter team this year, and and they 
proved that yesterday. The Roosters have been hard in the market. Uh, they proved their worth yesterday as well. But, uh, you know, South and Brisbane, and we'll, we'll talk about them. It's round one. Uh, and, you know, there's always going to be, I guess, a little bit of a post-mortem for the teams that lose because there's a longer period until their next game as well. And we've had the unsavoury allegation against Spencer Lenu as well, which we'll get into uh, throughout the morning also. But, uh, yeah, Ezra Mam, he has accused Lenu of calling him a monkey. And a formal complaint was made. Uh, this occurred with just more than 10 minutes left in the game. So it's on report. And apparently Mam had to be consoled after the match. So that just goes straight to match review, doesn't it? It's you would on, think so, you know, the, yeah, the match review committee will look at that now and then they'll come up with their findings. They obviously will can just refer it straight to the judiciary if they feel like there, there needs to be a judiciary hearing. So just given the teams are coming back from Vegas, I just I, if it does go to the judiciary, I don't know how long that would take. It, you'd imagine it's going to be a delayed process because ordinarily if that happened in a game in Australia on the weekend... Yeah, probably not till next week. Yeah, it would be judiciary on Tuesday night straight away yeah. if that happened in Australia. But unfortunately, the team's going to be travelling back... So this process will be delayed a little bit, you would have thought. So they do it Wednesday night, could they? Oh, they make an exception. I don't know. They're not playing next week, right? So they've got got a week up their sleeve, essentially, those four teams from Vegas. So they might hold it over until early next week. I don't know. I I, I don't know the answer to that question. But given they've got the time zone difference and the travel, I'd imagine this will be playing out for a few days yet. Uh, The racing over the weekend and uh, the three group ones, think it over. Winning the very elegant stakes, Tropical Squall won the surround. And Southport Tycoon down south winning the Australian Guineas at a decent price as well with Jamie Carr in the saddle uh, there. Just about a year, too, since she had that horrendous fall. So was it the Australian Guineas meeting, Mino? I'm pretty I sure she had that fall. I think it was. Yeah, nearly exactly 12 months. So certainly, you know, a nice win for her considering that. Mm. But think it over. There was some, you know, talk about Fangirl. I think all honours with the winner. What a horse. Like, seriously. Underrated, isn't it? He is so underrated, Mido. And when you see a horse do a tendon injury, you think, okay, first of all, it's going to be very unlikely they race again. Or it's, it's definitely 50-50 at, the, at, at best. But if they do come back to race, you, you don't have high expectations for him. What's, what's he won? Two group ones now? Three. Since he's come back. Well, I was talking about since, oh, he's, since, since he's come, come back. Sorry, since two, he's come back two. from that injury. Correct. Like, yeah. Kerry Parker is such an underrated trainer. Yeah. I don't know what you think about him, but oh, like he, he, he's gone. what he does with his horses in, the, in that small team down there at Kembla is just phenomenal. And Nashorilla obviously weighed up the track. He thought, you know, they're all going down the outside. I don't think the inside's that bad. Took the shortcuts and it's the shortest way home. I don't, I don't think Fangirl was that bad, Mido, in defeat, mm. to be fair. She had a, a lot of ground to make up, and I thought she hit the line. You know, okay. was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It's, it's just maybe our expectations were raised a little bit too much after her first up win in the Apollo when she... She won with a leg in the air like she was Winx. Um, she ain't no Winx, put it that way. She's a very, very good horse, but she's not Winx. She shouldn't have been a dollar thirty. <laughs> it's easy in hindsight to say that, isn't it? Really, um, <laughs> I, I would have thought a dollar sixty dollar seventy was a fair price. A dollar thirty was a bit, a little bit ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it. Australia beating New Zealand by one hundred and seventy-two runs in the first Test in Wellington. Cameron Green, player of the match, while Nathan Lyon having a a huge hand as well, taking ten for the match, including six for sixty-five in the second innings. New Zealand bowled out for one hundred and ninety-six on day four. They were chasing three hundred and sixty-nine for victory. Uh, Captain Pat Cummins defended the batters, Clarky, saying it's very clear they're the best six in the country, and he dismissed any doubt over Marnus Labashain's place in the side. And he's just going through a, a rut. There's no doubt about that with Marnus. But uh, 
just seemed to have enough players or at least someone just, you know, sort of standing up and plugging the holes. Yeah. But it's always difficult over in New Zealand <laughs> Mate, in those it's conditions, about winning. isn't it? It's about winning. Mm. Like, that, that, that's why Paddy... I, th- I think Paddy's handled that beautifully. I, I think he supported his team. Um, and while you're winning, it's that's not hard to do. That That is smart captaincy. That is great leadership that... You know, you you want to you want your players to know that you've got their back. Um, he the, the the only message that comes out of that press conference that helps the team is that Pat Cummins supports hmm. Marnus Labuschagne, and, and Marnus needs that at the moment. He's yeah, he's not making the runs he would like, and he's I'm sure it's not lack of training or lack of hard work. He works extremely hard, and he's a brilliant player. He's he's nicking him at the moment. So. Yeah. But you don't average over 50 in test cricket for no reason. You don't be the number one test batsman in the world for no reason. He's a very good player. He bats in a hard position, probably the hardest in that number three position in test cricket. Um, So, yeah, I I think, of course, it's a result-driven world that we live in. He needs to be making runs. But from my perspective, it's a no-brainer. He's still the best guy for number three. Uh, He's still in our top six batsmen. Um, he'll do the work, and I've got no doubt that around the corner will be 100 and he'll be back into it. But it happens to just about everyone. The longer you play, the more you're going you're gonna to experience both. You're going to have a, a stellar year and go, wow, every ball feels like it's hit in the middle. And then you're going to have other times where you feel like there's 40 fielders out there and you can't make a run. <laughs> what about that 10th wicket partnership? I think it was Friday morning. Hazelwood? Uh, 116 yeah, between Hazelwood and Cameron Green. Cameron Green, what a test match Brilliant, for him. Mate. Brilliant. Outstanding, 174 yeah. not out. He made 30, I think, in the second, 34 in the second dig. Uh, took a wicket there for Australia as well. An outstanding test match for him. But there's nothing worse, is there, in the field as a captain, Clarky, when the tenth wicket partnership. I tell you what, 116. Not... Well, that's you know, that's game over. That's game over. Yeah, I tell you what else is frustrating mm. when the night watchman makes a few. What did Lino get? 47 top score. Yeah, that's all, that, that, that hurts as well as a captain, as a fielding captain. So forty-one, yeah, he made the two tail enders, the, the two bowlers, Hazelwood and yeah. Lino, um, played significant roles with the bat as well as with the ball. Lino was magnificent with oh. the ball, but um, yeah, that hurts when you can't get number eleven out. You've worked so hard to uh, get Australia into a position. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. When you look back at the game. If New Zealand bowl the right length after winning the toss and sending them in, they have the opportunity to bowl Australia out for 220. And what do we make? 383. Game over. If you do not not bat out of your skin in the first innings, you're in deep trouble. And there was enough grass on that pitch that that's what I'll say. If Australia bowled on day one Mm. with the attack they have, I, I don't think New Zealand make 220. And... It showed when Australia got the chance to bowl on that wicket in New Zealand's first innings. You know, it was extremely hard for them to play. They bowled the right length. They pitched the ball. Yes, not every ball was pitched up. They used their bouncer. They used back of a length. But they pitched the ball up to get nicks. Um, And the wicket spun as well. The more the test went on, the more it played into Australia's hand with, you know, Nathan Lyon being, you know, the difference. Well, not, not, Nathan Lyon's not the only difference, but a significant difference between the two teams. Oh, definitely. Iggis maybe all over the front pages today. American Beauty, there's Ruben Garrick crossing, crossing on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. NRL rolls the dice on Vegas with the Roosters running out. Is the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald, front page of the Courier-Mail, the Hangover USA event, a triumph, but Broncos hoping form stays in Vegas. Uh, is the headline there. So stacks of coverage for 
what was a great day for the game. As I mentioned, the crowd, 40,746. They wanted 40,000. They got it. Uh, but everything around the event as well. And, and on a difficult day weather-wise there in Vegas, apparently the wind gusts were around 100 k's an yeah. hour. And you saw some people, some vision of people walking to the stadium. It looked very uncomfortable. All I can say is, Mido, lucky they were playing in an indoor stadium. Mm. Because imagine if they tried to play the game outdoors in you know, 70, 80 kilometre hour wind cuts. It'd be, a, it'd be a horrible spectacle, to be fair. So uh, I think the NRL actually had to change their plans to try and get the fans into the ground early. So they had to open up the ground a little bit earlier to try and get them in outside, out of the elements. But it just goes to show what, um, what a state-of-the-art stadium looks like and what it can do for a sporting, sporting event. I wish we had something like that in Sydney. Well, front page uh, as well inside the uh, Daily Telegraph, the sky is no limit and Bulldog has got a story here. Uh, bombshell plan for stadium roof at Homebush and uh, talking about how one of the uh, New South Wales government ministers there, the sports minister in fact, Steve Camper, was there and it's something they'll look at. And we do in Sydney, uh, we do need a a roofed stadium for sure. I know this is a political issue. and uh, just money, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. But, you know, you can see the benefit of them looking at, Allegiant Stadium, looking at Marvel Stadium, obviously, in Melbourne as well. And naturally, that'll bring... Well, there's a picture of Beyonce here on the front page. Do, do we have... Well, I guess the Taylor Swift concert's probably a fair example. I was going to say, do we have bad enough weather where... You know, when was the last time a game of rugby league was caught off in Sydney? <sighs> no, I can't remember one, Clarky. The that's, worst, that's the a, worst one I can remember was that, that Sharknado game at, at Shark Park yeah. between oh, yes. Cronulla and South. Yeah. Did, yes. Didn't they play on a Monday night yeah, or something yeah, like was. that many, many yeah. years ago? Yeah. That was absolutely oh. awful that, that day. Um, that. Yeah. But... But then things like, like, like I say, Taylor Swift, that concert, they yes. postponed that, didn't they? So you know, there's other events, I guess, they're using the stadiums for these days. It, yeah, I guess it, it makes it makes sense. But I think we're... I think we're very, that's another area we're very different to America. Like, generally, our weather is, like, yeah, we get some rain, but yeah. we're not getting the storms that they're getting. You're right, you're right. But if you go to a concert, don't you want to know that you're going to be dry and, and, and yeah. out of concert yeah. in, in, in a in Well, a, in any event, of, you'd prefer that, wouldn't well, you? Well, it's true, but sport's sport. You play, you play in the element sport, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about more for concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. You go to a stadium, you, you'd like to think you're going to be dry and be able to, you know, pop along, do whatever you do in 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 the without the the fear of the elements, I suppose. And what's the numbers? You know, what are they talking about? How many how many billion to, to put a roof <laughs> on a stadium? Like, because at the end of the day, that's why we haven't got it, right? Yeah, that's the only yeah. reason. But how the much cost. money we've already spent, Clarky, on stadiums yeah, in true. Sydney? How much money we've already yeah, spent, and we still don't have a roof? Yep, true. <laughs> on on any big major stadium. Yeah, uh, we don't know, Mike. Bank of Mike's text in, morning, gents. Do we know what the US TV audience was yet? Not yet. Uh, next couple of days, they, I believe that will come well, through. But that's what, that's what they're after. And Andrew Abdo are looking after. closely Well, the, the funny story there, Mido, was is that it got delayed on Fox Sports 1 ah, in America yes. because they were watching a college basketball game, which went into overtime. Yeah. So they didn't actually join. The coverage didn't join the South and Manly game until about the 16 or 17th mm. minute mark. Which was so, just when Jason Saab took off and got ankle tapped by yes, uh, Ilias. Ilias. Yeah. So that, that's a great introduction for the, yeah. the audience to see something like that happen yeah. straight away. Think, oh, wow, what's this sport? But I think they would have preferred to have <laughs> the yeah. audience from kickoff. So that's going to be the key to this venture. I know we talk about the crowd and all that sort of stuff, but they need eyeballs on TV and they need people parting with their hard-earned cash to, to gamble on NRL.
Bold Eagles is the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald, and there is Luke Brooks celebrating that try. Let's overreact. Sea Eagles. <laughs> sea Eagles. I had them fourth. I'm very confident. <laughs> Top four for me. But they're Like you say, they've just got to stay fit and healthy. But that combo with Turbo hunting around the middle yeah. with Cherry Evans and Brooks. Oh, I saw, it, I saw, and Ola Kawatu as well. Yeah, he looked He's crazy. a handful. And he... It, he just if he does that week in week out, he's a walk up star for New South Wales, and and he's something different mm. to really threaten Queensland. Do you know who else I was impressed by? I mean, a bit more low profile. Nathan Brown off the bench was great. I thought he was he was, superb. He was fantastic. Wasn't he running me? hard? He was running hard. One or Making two little big, offloads, big meters. If he can get rid of the penalties and that other stuff from his game, he's going to be a really valuable pickup for Manly on, on not much money as well this year. So. Yeah, I don't know about Manly. I, I, I look at their squad, and I think, geez, this is a really handy squad. They, if they can stay fit, particularly Turbo, obviously they're they're bound for the finals. Um, and you know, another overreaction. I saw some people before the start of the season saying that Luke Brooks might win the Dally M, <laughs> which I think is a bit going a bit too far. There's a story going a bit too far, but he he did look the part yesterday, didn't he? Jason Saab, a hamstring injury. So there you go. Well, he's going to be out for a while. You would have thought the way he pulled up. You yeah. know, Clarky, Hammy's Hammy's a Hammy's. Didn't look good. Yeah. Um, he wanted his American contract, didn't he? And he showed me run fast, but he he's buggered his hammy in the process. Mm. So he'll be out, I'd imagine, for a few weeks at least. What a game ra- yeah. round two. Uh, they've got the Roosters. So the two winners from Vegas face each other in round two. Uh, he called me a monkey. We've already spoken about this racial slur claim Mars Vegas venture. So we'll wait to see what comes out of this. Uh, you'd expect a judiciary hearing after... Well, a formal complaint was made by Ezra Mam claiming or accusing Spencer Lenu of calling him a monkey. Uh, Mana safe despite slump, says Cummins, and uh, also on the back page of the telly as well, gazumped. Lion can break Warns Aussie wickets record uh, is the headline there. So he's up to 527. He can't Warn- get there, Clark. He can't. Warnie 708. That's at least another, what, four or five years, isn't it? Or three, four years. Depends on, they're probably playing less tests now. They're probably playing 10 test matches a year now. Used to be 15, yeah, It's going to be hard. So. He'll be in his 40s, you would think. Uh, look, the, the only thing about... But I don't think he's... Re- I reckon he's playing in his 40s. Lionel will be able to bowl. He'll be able to bowl till he can't walk. The problem is, <laughs> as you get old, like little things like uh, if he's chasing a ball and blows a calf out. Well, the ashes, like, obviously. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah can happen as you get older, those soft um, tissue, injuries. tissue injuries. Yeah, so I think that's more going to be Lino's concern. Um, but he's only playing one format of the game, like for Australia. He's not playing one-day cricket or 2020 cricket. He bowls spin. He's pretty lean and fit. Like, he's fit enough now to do his job. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, if he If he wants – that's the other thing as well. Like, he's got a family as well. Does there, mm. does there come a stage where you – well, we're all different. He, he he might he might just love it so much and wants to keep going. But if that's his if that's his goal, then it's gonna. I still think it's gonna take him. It's gonna take him some time. Oh, I think at least another four years. You would have thought. Yeah. To to get what is it? One hundred seventy odd wickets. He needs another hundred eighty wickets. He needs to catch. Um, yeah, about hundred eighty. Catch Warnie. Hundred eighty two. That's still a lot of wickets. That's a lot of wickets. Yep. Yep, but he's bowling well at the moment, that's for sure. So, yeah, and they, I think he's, I think what Lino's, yes, he gets spin and bounce, but he, he's worked out a lot of the batters. You have a, 
you have like a blind spot where you're batting that middle and leg stump line, certainly from around the wicket, or you sort of feel a bit cramped. There's not much you can do. You can't go anywhere. Like he's, he's having a leg slip a lot, bat pad leg side, and he's bowling into that position where a batter hasn't really got much to do. So even watching the other day, I reckon a lot of batsmen have got to come stay leg side of the board in eighth and line. Either bat on leg stump when he goes around the wicket, or even give yourself room, step back to allow him to bowl into an area where you can free your arms. Mm. Because he's cramping you and you've got a field set there, guys haven't... He's hard to sweep because he gets extra bounce. Mm. So as soon as you're playing with a straight bat in that position, mm. you can only really bunt it to those two fielders. Yeah. So, But this is the part of, of sport, right? Like, bowlers are looking every day at the batters mm. to try and work them out. Batters are now got to look at Nathan Lyon in this Australian team mm. Like you do Mitchell Stark, like you do Josh Hazelwood, mm. Pat Cummins, and you've got to find a way. And at the moment, looking at watching New Zealand the other day, they were just, it was money for jam. Lino just did exactly what felt comfortable, and they just did exactly what he thought they were going to do.